Welcome to Astro Lush's Sagittarius season. Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Marie Basile and Andy Tallarico here for you at Sag season, the very end of Sag season. We yeah. almost missed it, but we're here, and um, we missed you so much. The last time we chatted was during Scorpio season. So uh, much has gone on. I know. I mean, Scorpio is this season of transformation. Sagittarius is a season of expansion. I feel like everybody's gone through a lot in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. We're here at the end of it, just before the solstice, just before the Capricorn turn, um, to spend some astrological time with you, friends. Yes, and we know that you're coming off the back of probably what was a very intense, very heavy, very self-reflective season. So we're hoping that this one is a little more fun. <laughs> Um, but somehow you have two water sign hosts who are probably going to make this a little bit more intense. <laughs> Deep. Sorry. <laughs> we have a lot of feelings during Sag season, and, and in fact, we'll get into that soon. But today we're actually drinking rum for we, a change. We did. We changed up from our red wine to rum, uh, the drink of the Caribbean, the drink of Rihanna, and the it's, queen it's goddess fiery, herself. It's fiery, it's warm, it's summery, it's island-like. It's warming from the inside out. It is. And I feel like, you know, for Sag season, it's appropriate to try a new drink. It's appropriate to try a new drunk. Uh, <laughs> it's appropriate to expand horizons and see what it feels like to travel. We've traveled exactly. via booze, you guys. We have traveled, and that's exactly what the Sag would have wanted us to do. Of course. We're going to start this episode with a poem. Yeah, we are. We decided to um, take a little uh, like left turn in our, in our tone, and I'm going to bring you a, a poem from one of my favorite Sagittarians ever, and I have so many of them, uh, Rainer Maria Rilke, Rilke the poet, Rilke the writer, um, the German man who wrote in, you know, in so many beautiful poems. I just feel like this poem, first of all, is one of my favorites of all time ever, I love how eloquent a Sag can be. Um, anyway, I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm just. Without further ado, <laughs> I give you Rilke's. I am much too alone in the world. I am much too alone in this world, yet not alone enough to truly consecrate the hour. I am much too small in this world, yet not small enough to be to you just object and thing, dark and smart. I want my free will and want it accompanying the path which leads to action and want during times that beg questions where something is up to be among those in the know or else be alone. I want to mirror your image to its fullest perfection, never be blind or too old to uphold your weighty wavering reflection. I want to unfold. Nowhere I wish to stay crooked, bent, for there I would be dishonest, untrue. I want my conscience to be true before you, want to describe myself like a picture I observed from, for a long time, one close up, like a new word I learned and embraced, like the everyday jug, like my mother's face, like a ship that carried me along through the deadliest storm. Ugh. 
All right, Rilke. All right. So, Andy, why do you think that is exemplary for our Sag season? I think Sag and connection is a real issue. I think they can connect to anyone immediately, can mm-hmm. connect to anyone on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're ruled by Jupiter. They're ruled by expansion. They are the extrovert of extroverts. Mm, very curious. But there's a, side, there's a side to extroversion that we don't often discuss, which is like the person who's left behind, um, the real person underneath the extroversion. Uh, Sagittarians are concerned with truth. They're concerned with getting to the reality of things, at least for others. <laughs> at least for others. <laughs> and, and for a poem to say, like, I want to be around people who understand the truth and see me for it, or I want to be alone, is a Sagittarian waiting for their true love. Mm. And uh, it could be for a Sagittarius that you could have 25 true loves standing in front of you, but you're still not ready for them. But it, that is a very Sagittarian pull and want to me. I find that so beautiful. And for any new listeners, um, Andy and I are both poets. So we wanted to make sure that we incorporated poetry into this podcast because as much as we talk about astrology, we also talk about poetry and we love it. And there's such an intersection there um, because, you know, astrology and poetry are both these beautiful liminal spaces where Mm -hmm. you can kind of unfold and explore and tap into the the wholeness of everything so Mm -hmm. um welcome if you haven't been here before uh, welcome to our crazy drunken poetic (laughs) astrological wildness um and welcome to Sag season yeah what okay so we're ending Sag season but what what does Sag season mean to you Lisa well uh, (laughs) (laughs) we we really, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but Andy and I, we we had kind of an issue with this episode for personal reasons and Sagittarius reasons. We <laughs> kind of struggled with getting to the heart of this one because there is so much to Sag and it is very complex and it's complex in a way that people argue. don't... I'm going to argue and say we did not have a problem getting to the heart of it. We had a problem only getting to the heart of it oh, and, and yes. not yes. getting to the light of it and That's the fair. easiness That's of fair. it and the like suaveness of the Sag season. That's right. It does not come naturally. Right. Because we start at the heart. <laughs> so it's hard for us to kind of eliminate that intense depth yes. that we just want to be at at all times. Water signs begin at the depths. We meet someone, we dive in. Right. A Sag approaches someone and they have this this charm and this ease and this large largesse yeah of philosophy and worldliness Knowledge. and philosophy and flirtatiousness and it does everything dancing around the depth but never touches it exactly and it it is like you said a sign that's very interested in the others mm-hmm. but it's difficult sometimes for them to bring themselves into that conversation yes. or to fold themselves in um, so I grew up with a Sagittarius father. My relationship to my father has been difficult throughout most of my life until, until recently. Um, he's, he and I are super, super close now. He's also a poet and a musician and a philosopher, if you will. Um, and he basically, he's, his DNA is what gave me my personality, mm-hmm. I think. His, his curiosity. And- <laughs> yep. <laughs> We just dropped our rum. We've, we've got a rum emergency. 
We've got a rum and cinnamon and eggnog emergency it's over fine. here. It's fine. It's fine. It's so fine. So, so I think um, Sagittarius season <laughs> has always meant... <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> Our listeners are like, wow, you guys haven't gotten this drunk since uh, never. Like, <laughs> you didn't start off this way. Um, no, it's okay. So... Yeah, I think that with my dad, he's kind of been in and out of my life for many years. Mm-hmm. There's been a sort of, he's here, now he's gone. And even Ooh. though he's... Oh, he disappeared? He disappeared um, for, for a while. So I think it's important for me to say that Sagittarius is a bit underscored by that sort of trauma for me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Sagittarius are also well known for kind of vanishing when they want to. Um, and Which is also in other signs. Also in other signs. It's not it's, That is not no. owned by Sag. It isn't just Sag. So I come to this with my own personal experiences, but I also see the beauty of Sag, which is that they are curious and knowledgeable adventurers who mm-hmm. want to expand and see what the world has to offer them. And because they vanish, sometimes it's, you know, they just want to follow what's in front of them, what's next, what's beyond, what's beyond the curtain. And I honor that and I cherish that in them because as a Scorpio, um, it is also about transformation and learning and evolution. And the next thing. The next thing. And the next thing. And so what, what skin do we shed and what becomes of us afterward? So I find that to be something that Sag does and is and inhabits and gives off that I love and I, I respect and admire. Mm-hmm. And yet I find so deeply confusing at times because also as a Scorpio, to be left and to be kind of in the shadows while, while someone has gone away is probably the greatest pain that I've ever experienced. So here we go. Water signs coming at you with yeah. all, the, all the trauma right away. <laughs> what does it mean to you, Andy? I mean, so I'm a Sag rising. Yes. But I'm a water, I'm a very watery person with a lot of Libra. And um, having a Sag rising, you know, mixed with a Cancer sun and a Pisces moon, it means that um, I do understand philosophically and extrovertedly and socially the placement of of Sag and what it means to be expansive and what it means to deflect your feelings for a moment and just like make others feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and be like generous of spirit and generous of money and generous of luck and generous of optimism and I think Sag's for me are like really magnetic they're extremely magnetic and very charming I was married to one (laughs) for many many years. years. I'm not any longer. Um, I really appreciate, I appreciate deeply the Sag spirit, um, but it's one that is, um, it's confounding. And I feel like my Sag rising is a major lesson. It it is never not a lesson. Well, to just, you know, heal those wounds a little, here's a little bit more rum. (laughs) Why, thank you. Uh, to clarify, I smashed my glass <laughs> a few moments ago. We haven't even had that much. We're, we're two drinks in, you guys. We're I don't two know. Drink, I we're we, two rum drinks in. I think in. we might be a little more than that. Well, but here you go. Don't make us look bad. Um, that being said, I, I really, um, oh my God, I respect the Sagittarius uh, being ruled by Jupiter, like that big, 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 happy, lucky planet. 
everything in Jupiter expands us. Everything in Jupiter makes us bigger than we are. Everything in Jupiter makes us better. Um, I really deeply respect and I'm attracted to the Sagittarius nature, even if I can't actually live with it. Um, thank you. Thank you, Sagittarius, for your placement. Yeah. I don't know what us like moody water signs would do without Sag in the, in the whole spectrum. I really don't. Yeah. Just judging by the hours worth of conversation Andy and I have been having before this recording. Hours. Hours. It's been like five hours of talking about you guys. It truly shows that we are learning something from you and that we're kind of dismantling the discomfort and insecurity Mm -hmm. in ourselves to kind of make a place for you guys and understand you and take in the lessons of Sag into ourselves and cheers. And you definitely have, I have two Sag placements in my chart of Mercury and Uranus and you've got your rising and and Neptune. And Neptune. So we're coming at you with a little bit of Sag built in, but mm-hmm. still a deep level of con- <laughs> confusion. <laughs> so Okay, so I started with a poem from one of my favorite Sagittarians, and there are so many favorite Sagittarians that I have. But I feel like um, you also have a poem from I a do. favorite Sag of yours. Yes. Who is also a fellow favorite Sag. Um, can, you, can you give it to us? Yeah. So I'm going to read uh, Emily Dickinson's Hope is the Thing with Feathers. Yes. I chose this because I do find Sag to be quite a hopeful and optimistic sign. Mm-hmm. And because it is winter, we're kind of in the throes of the beginning of the darkness. I wanted to read you a poem um, that invoked a sense of hope. But also, this is Emily Dickinson, so know that we're walking into the dark. And I did find out that she's a Scorpio rising, <laughs> if the chart is correct online. Um, so here it is. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. Mm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. And it's just so beautiful and soft and so emily and I've always loved Emily uh, since I was a little girl. I loved Emily, and I think I think she's given this like softness because she was, you know, a hermit, self-chosen. We built this mythology that... I don't think she's soft at all. I think she's extremely hard-hitting. Dark and precise. And I think the Sagittarian nature, really, being represented by the centaur, right? So it's the head of a man and a body of a horse. It is the Greek dichotomy of Apollo Apollo versus Dionysus Mm. it's head versus impulse it's instinct and impulse versus discipline and um logic the head you know the head and brain of a of a human and the the body and impulse of a wild running horse and I Emily definitely feels that for me um I so I went to a college called Mount Holyoke. It's one of the Seven Sisters schools. It's an all-women's college. Um, and Emily Dickinson was a student there in their formative years. And it, it came to Thanksgiving break. And essentially, you couldn't leave if you didn't have a male chaperone on record as coming to pick you up and take you to Ugh. where you were going. And she only lived a town away in Amherst and was like, are you kidding me? You think I need like a chaperone? The hell with this. And she fucking left and walked in the snow, 
home from South Hadley, Massachusetts, Mount Holyoke, to Amherst, Massachusetts, to go home and just never came back. What an absolute baller. Yep. And I, I went to Mount Holyoke for my first year of college and had to quit for reasons that were really personal and, and it, whatever. But my goal in life, I was like, if I can be Mount Holyoke's second most famous dropout, <laughs> <laughs> second only to Emily Dickinson, like, you'll I, take it. So it's like, so, you know, please give that, please bestow that honor to me. I love that. But it's, she was very fiery. Yeah. She was very fiery, quite possibly. It has been theorized, not unduly, that she was in love with her sister-in-law and they had a relationship. Her voice is gentle but her meaning the undercurrent is yeah. that arrow of truth that yeah. that centaur with his bow and arrow is yeah. shooting straight into your heart and that is the sagittarian nature the sagittarian nature is this like highbrow lowbrow you know brain of a man body of an animal with an arrow and, and a bow and arrow and that arrow shoots truth bombs into people they're very blunt and I think it's really They're very beautiful. blunt, and that's tough for water signs. It's tough because we are truthful and honest, and we get to the core, but it's hard for us to take it sometimes. We I, don't it. It. I don't love it. I don't love it. I know. It's hard. I think the thing about the Sagittarius, especially with the archer as a symbol or an archetype, is that whole uh, man-slash-animal yes. idea that like it's a sign that asks us to get to our most animalistic and also get us back to our most human. And what are the differences between when we're civilized and when we're not and when we're real and when we're mm-hmm. truthful and when we are just bare and base and raw versus when we are more, as you say, highbrow, yeah. more put together, more charming. And, and like, look, here, like a Sag is always going to come in to a crowded room and make the party happen. They are undoubtedly. It the Sag hurt, it is hurts gonna me. Come as a in, Scorpio in the corner, and light <laughs> all the fires, and get people talking, and get people dancing, and they're gonna, they, you know, like put their song on and make everybody love it as much as they do. And, and there's there's such beauty and charm and like regalness to that. I'm just so curious about like the the being inside that person that brings it out, and that's mm. why this is a heavy Sagittarius episode. It's heavy. Because I love them. They're so filled with light and joy and optimism and generosity. And fun. And yet, and yet, and yet, yeah. and yet. There's always an end yet, which I think is the, 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 the core of this podcast and astrology in general, which is just trying to understand the complexity of, these, of each archetype and where they fit within our own lives. And, and I so find it interesting because you can walk into a party and pull on that both Cancer Leo cusp plus your Sagittarius rising and make everyone listen. It's something, as a Scorpio, I've noticed about you. Um, I find it... I, I truly am confounded by people who can walk into a room or come to a party and really make everyone listen. Um, I don't have that at all. I truly do kind of like cower in the shadows a little bit. And I'll take whatever willing victim comes into my my like little area and I'll bombard them yeah I'll bombard them with questions and they might leave and think I'm great but um, I don't think that's fair I don't think that's fair I, I do think, think you charm people and it's beautiful and it's good and it's sincere and it's not fake and I think that's really worth no sages aren't fake no, they're, not, they're fake. not fake they're not fake which we can talk about other fire signs but <laughs> the sag you know I no, do I, I believe mm, you guys mm, mm. it's just it's just so complex and so riddled with 
I, I get close to a Sag and then they pull away. And so it's not fake. What it is is it's a moment in time. It's a moment. It's a true you, moment. And the fact is that a Sagittarius understands a moment isn't forever. Right. A moment. And they I They really are so fucking it. zen. They're so fucking zen. And as a water sign, they're in it. They're like, in it. They're like, you're lovely. You're beautiful. You're everything I ever wanted to human right this second. Right now. And now I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to I'm going to need something else in the morning. I'm going to yep. need a new moment and a new thrill and a new adventure and a new exactly. story to tell. It's a 51st states over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever that movie's about. They just forget. Um or they don't forget, but they're able to wipe the slate clean and just receive newness, which is something that I have yeah <laughs> perhaps some difficulty a scorpio in. who's like let's let all the new friends in right with That's... a capricorn rising you are so stated you are so i'm like i have five slots <laughs> who's gonna fill them sages are like i have a million slots but none of them really get filled because it doesn't matter anyway anyway <laughs> anyway um we're astrolushes we are astrolushes we are a drunken astrology podcast by water signs and my god but we've had some things happening. We've had some yeah. things happening. Yeah. We've done some cool stuff recently. Um, I guess, can I start with the personal? Yeah. So I uh, sent, well, I didn't, my publishers did. They sent my book to the printer. I'm clapping, clapping for Yay. Lisa. Everybody clap for Lisa. Um, it's a big deal, you guys. Have you had your book sent to your publishers? It's a big deal. <laughs> the book was finalized in Scorpio season, sent to the printer in Sag season. It'll be born as a Taurus. What the fuck? It was going to be an Aries baby, but my book, The Magical Writing Grimoire, which is a book for poets and writers and storytellers and oracles, um, anyone who's interested in writing and magic and journaling and writing your own rituals, um, that book was supposed to be out on the 14th of April as an Aries baby, but now it's a Taurus baby, which is, you know... I, I think just, that's lovely. It's you do? It, I think it's Venusian. Yeah. I think it's lush. I think Victorians as being like Baroque. I and want that. floral and That's what the book lush. feels like. And they're, they're, you know, they're ruled by Venus. And I think that, you know, even though it's... I think writing... It's not not a Taurus task. No, I agree with you. Beauty and earth yeah. tied together. Yeah. Beauty and um, submission and work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All being brought in and like give me my, give me what I'm owed from the dues that I put in. Very Taurian. I think that's Taurian. I, yeah. I would have liked it to be an Aries, but. No, I get it. And I like, the whole book is illustrated with earth um, illustrations, which I think feels appropriate. I love that it was going to be an Aries because. I felt like it had that fiery start of the spring. It was just like, here we are with a yes. new, renewing. And it's the beginning. It's like the first yes. sign. It's such a, like, a heading off. Yes. It's such a, like, a, it's such catalytic power. Yes. However, I do think it being Torian. But in reality, it was finished in Scorpio season, guys. So let's However, just. <laughs> Aries also don't finish shit. Aries start and don't finish shit. They don't. I love you guys. I am dating an Aries. They, I'm telling you, though, that they start and don't know how to, like, follow up. A Taurus is, like, so settled. They're done. They're going to get They're it done. They're so settled. Yeah. So your book being Taurus feels better to me. And I want people, when they use the book, to feel like they've accomplished yeah. something and found at least the beginning of their route, which they will continue on their own. Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys are interested in any of that, it's called The Magical Writing Grimoire. You can pre-order everywhere. I love you guys so much. If you are interested, and if you're not, that's totally cool. But pre-order it, like, through your independent bookstores. Yes. Please, for the love of God, yeah. pre-order it through your local independent. Yeah. And on the Amazon, I've done, like, three pre-orders for Lisa because it matters. Uh, it matters. It matters to authors. It does matter. Pre-orders actually tell other book buyers. This is not just for me. For any book that Anybody. you see. Anybody. Any 
anyone say anything about a pre-order about, if you see someone saying pre-order my book, it means pre-order it because when you do that, it tells other book buyers the book is important enough to stock. So, it literally just says people want this book, get it here. And so the printer, the publisher, prints more copies based on those pre-orders. Yep. And it, it just gives the book its fair due when it comes out. Pre-ordering is the best thing you can do for any author in your life. No matter what your beliefs are, no matter who you love, if somebody's writing a book, pre-order it wherever you can. Exactly. That deeply, goes deeply for, held. Yeah. Me and any author that you see that you love, support them, support your author, support your local indies. We're a podcast of writers and readers, and that's a good message to take home. But also, yeah, if you're like a little witchy and you want to write and find your uh, writing as, uh, make your writing something sacred and magical in your craft, then I would recommend it. But anyway, we have been doing other things. What else have we done, Andy? I don't even know what you're talking about right now. What else have I done? The podcast. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. A hundred percent. Rum is no joke. It, it is very different from wine drunk. Erase our memories. <laughs> it has erased my memory. I just want to like shake my ass in a dark club right now until dawn. I just want to dance yeah. all night. All night. But all I want to dance in a club that allows me to smoke cigars. Yeah. Allows me to just take off my clothes. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. I want to be half naked smoking a scar and shaking my ass until dawn right now. And that is not like my everyday instinct. It's not. But it's about 30% of it. We should try some different alcohols for different seasons. I'm telling you. The fact that we experimented for yes, this one. Yes, yes. Guys, let us know. We're newly drunk on, on rum. We are newly drunk on rum. We're rum virgins over here. <laughs> if you notice a difference between our wine drunk and our first seven episodes and this episode with rum, please tweet us and be like, guys, we noticed rum does X, Y, Z. Yeah, please tell us. We'd love to know. <laughs> it made me smash a glass on air. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care. I don't even care. That was we, just an accident. It could we happen were, to anybody. We were listening to Tina Turner covering Led Zeppelin before we came on air just to get us Rightfully so. Rightfully so. So, like, you can tell our vibe. We're smashing glasses. We're listening to Tina Turner. All We're coming well. back to Tina later. We're yes. coming back to yes, Tina later. Yes, we are. We're going to get confessional. and We're going to get heavy, and then we're going to get light. Yeah. So stay with us for the heavy yes. if you care to be here for the light. Let's talk confessionally about Sagittarians because, okay, they're a sign... I feel like there's a couple signs. I think there's a Gemini, Sagittarius, Scorpio. Those are the signs you can tell someone in a bar who cares about astrology and they're like, what's your sign? And you can say those three signs and someone will run the fuck away. It'll elicit a response. They will run. Yeah. It's Gemini, Scorpio, Sag. Yeah, it's true. And maybe, maybe Virgo, but that's only, No. That's just me, right? That's you. That's a You're going to run away. That's a me problem. That is not a thing. That's a me. That's a No me. one runs away from Virgos but you. <laughs> One day someone's going to be like, it's funny, I've listened to all 12 episodes for the entire year of Astrolushes, and every episode Lisa shit talks Virgos. Funny. It's like, but it's not funny because it's serious for me. <laughs> Coming back to Sagittarius, Lisa, you absolutely insane person. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I think, okay, Sag, Sag, I have it as my rising and my Neptune. You have it Where? Mercury? Uranus and Mercury. Mercury is a really important placement. Mm -hmm, I know. Rising, my rising, your Mercury, those are not small placements. No, it's a big deal. It means that you communicate as an optimistic, happy person, even though you're like this little, like, Lana Del Rey bitch. 
That's the problem. I get in trouble consistently because what I'll do is I'll have these beautiful conversations in person. Someone will text me the next day and be like, it was so great talking to you. Can we get coffee next week? And I'll completely ignore them. And it isn't because I don't want to talk to them. It's because I get overwhelmed probably by my watery nature away from responding so I end up vanishing. Yeah, but I don't think sad just disappear for the same reason. But also, I am fed something in the moment that I'm good not being fed with next week. If that's fucked up, that's my confession. Sometimes I only need a little dose of you, and I'm... Yeah, and I'm good. Kind of good. And I'm good. Kind of good. Like, you gave me your story. And I'm kind of good. And I'm going to run away with it. Is that... And I think that's, like, sad. That's I think that's really, deeply that's sad. Like one of the most... Deeply sad. I think that's one of the most fucked up things I've ever communicated. It's why they're so fucking addictive. Is that they like come up and they want your story, and they make you love it so listened to. You are highlighted. You You make you are the only person they want to listen to. Are they gonna fuck seven other people in the same bar the same night? Yes. Yes. Yes, they are. Yes. But your story is the most interesting story, and that's not a lie. It's not a lie. In the moment. It's just the fact. But they disappear because like something shiny caught their eye. It's just like you were shiny, that's shiny. Yeah. I'm gonna go over here. And it's it's like hard to get mad at that. It's hard to get actually mad. If you're an archer, at you Sages. have all of these uh, bows and air- bows, right? It's a bow that you shoot, right? You only have a, an one bow. You one have bow. a lot of arrows. You have yes. a quiver of arrows. You right. have one fucking bow. You have a quiver of arrows. <laughs> you have multiple arrows. But you got one you're bow. Just, you're just gonna right. You have one bow. Fair enough. Which is them. That's the the self. Right. The arrows are all the things. Well, if you have all those fucking arrows, are you gonna just use them on one one person? Victim. They could day? never. They could never. never. I'm carrying around at least eight. You think I'm gonna use one of them, bitch? No. I'm going to I'm going to lay something down though. Like sages are notorious cheaters until they're not. Mm. Sages always 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 and they're late marriers and they're late parents cuz they find one person. Mm. Doesn't matter if they're right for them. Doesn't matter if like it's the actual right person and the right moment. They find the one and they go all in. It just takes them a really long time to find that. And they have just, like, all these arrows. They have all these arrows. What are you going to do? Like, Lisa, what would you do if you just had, like, all of these weapons that were, like, lovely to pierce into people? You would do the same thing. I would do the same thing. Sagittarians are just blessed. They're blessed and they're fuckers for being so blessed. Yeah, they And they don't even know how half-blessed they are. They don't even, like, have half the idea. They don't. But I would say... Just as a Scorpio. Um, just as a Scorpio. <laughs> just as a Scorpio. Just as a Scorpio. The most intense thing in the world. Yeah. Um, I get it. I, I actually do really get it. As much as I love and venerate loyalty, um, I understand the need to kind of like keep looking until you find the thing that's worth settling However, the bitch for. of it. The bitch of it. Is that they're not disloyal. So a Sag will disappear on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. A Sag will show up and be like, I know I just had really amazing sex with you last week. <laughs> and I know that we felt in love. And I met, I met somebody the next day. And we also felt in love. However, they will have your back forever. That's true. They have loyalty in a real sense. It's just like so hard to accept. It's so hard true. to accept that you are not 
their everything. You are not their number one. Sagittarians can't have a number one. It's not built into their DNA. It's not built into their way of thinking. It doesn't, it doesn't go with their philosophy. No. And like, if a Sag, if a Sag has like this really good family that they came from, and they have like non-divorced parents, like who they even fuck like doesn't anymore. But like a lot of Sages, I feel like have married parents, and they feel this like guilt and this like honor system. They disappear, but they're never ever going to lie to you about it. True. They're never ever going to like just start sleeping with someone no. and find out about it. No. No. They're if like they're loyal, they're fucking here. I really respect it. It's just I do too. it's just so hard with them. It's a hard thing to understand. It's very hard. We just have to like catch them when the planets align. Yeah. Literally. I think they're the most astrological of all the astrology signs. I, I really ag- do. I would agree with you. I really do. Everything with them is like alignment. When things are aligned correctly, it's like you really can get in there. And when that's not I think they're the highest zodiac of all the zodiac. I really do. Not because they deserve it, because you're a bunch of fuckers. But I think it really is about like alignment and timing and their needs at that moment. Yeah. And there's something undeniably beautiful and undeniably frustrating. Of course. I mean, there's a, there's, I, I when they shine their light, when they shine their light, you had a best friend. You had a best friend who is no longer your best friend. Right. Sagittarian nature style. Exactly. When she shone your light on you, did you not oh, it was, bloom under that? I mean, it was completely clear that I was important and special and meaningful. Um, and when I ceased to be the thing that she needed, for whatever reason, um, it a vanishing took place. And obviously it's hard for me with my life and my background and my Scorpioness. To kind of handle that. But I also have come to a point over the years to just accept it. Because sometimes you are one thing at one point and that thing changes and the needs change and the fulfillment changes. It just changes it faster just, for them than it changes for a lot of other people. it seems to change easier. You just don't know what's really going on on their end. Yep. So I could never assume or, you know, understand. And then my dad was the same way. I always thought he left because... I don't know, nothing kept him. Why would why would he stay? But I realized over years and years and years and years and years that he didn't leave because nothing kept him. He left for his own bullshit, fucked up, painful reasons and came back because and he came back in his own capacity, I might add. Like it will never be a full capacity, it'll be a somewhat capacity. Um, when it was right for him. But that coming and going at their will yeah, is yes, something that is yes, very difficult yes, for others. Yes. We just don't, it's like we exist on a different temporal plane. Yes. We exist on a different. Water signs and Sagittarius. It's like, that's. And I have hard. it as rising. It's, it's, mm, it's hard. It is. It's hard. Okay. Okay. All right. Have you confessed everything? No, not nearly <laughs> enough. Not nearly enough. Uh, the solstice is coming up this weekend for us. The solstice. From fall to winter, it is a really deeply meaningful solstice to me. All solstices are, like, meaningful. But, like, going from Sag to, Scorp- uh, Sag to Capricorn, excuse me, is it's heavy. It's heavy. Um, like, you've already been experiencing, like, the weather for a few weeks, but now, like, the actual solstice is coming and bringing the darkness. The darkness is coming. 
Uh, I find it really interesting that like Scorpio and Sag are at the end of that other um, like shift. Um, like the real, the actual darkness. The actual darkness. The actual darkness is coming with Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Yeah. Yeah. And we just have to like live in that. We, we just have to like deal with it. What's so crazy to me is when I was younger, it felt like an eternity through that darkness. It is. That no, it is though. <laughs> it's getting a little better for me now because I realize that time moves so quickly because I guess I'm getting a little bit older. But, um, so I'm trying to be a little bit more intentional with those months and those seasons and those astrological seasons. But it's no joke that the things but that no brought joke. me to that no. were Sag. Exactly. And, and, and it's like hard. Scorpio, like Scorpio getting so heavy oh. and Sag being so social. It's like in interworld, extra world, like it's all coming together. You have a realization and then Capricorn season hits. Yeah. And it's like Girl, it's like, it's winter. It is winter. It is settling in. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you and what do you want? And the Capricorn season gives you this opportunity to be like, what do I want to give? I'm going to, I'm going to climb up. I'm going to climb up. And then Aquarius season goes like, what, why, why? <laughs> what does climbing get what you? What is the goal? What does climbing even get you? And then you come down to Pisces season and Pisces is <sighs> like, it's all, it's all here. We're all here, and it's all messy. Like, what are you even asking me? <laughs> and Aries season starts over, and Aries is like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Whew. When you say it like that, you're making me frightened. Why? I'm because I'm, I'm frightening you? Yeah. Because, honestly, that's a lot. What you just said was a lot. It's easy to say in a sentence, we're all going to have to live through I meant it for the I next meant four it. months. I meant it. It's hard. It's real hard. I, by... By February, I start getting a little antsy. And there's still time to go after that. I'm a Capricorn rising, so I actually love the um, forcing myself inward of January, which is like, what are your goals? What are your plans? What's for the year ahead? What are you going to do, girl? And I think with my cappiness, like, I'm good with that. I feel comfortable in that. I think it's like energizing and fun, and I can ground myself in my goals. Then Aquarius and Pisces comes along, and I'm just like, oh my god. Am I just... Who am... Like, yeah. what, what, what... What what even what matters? Doing, what are we doing this for? What, what are we doing what this for? What even matters? And yeah. then I start double-guessing myself, and then I'm in, and it's still dark, and I'm just like, nothing really matters at the end of the day. Like, I can make all these plans and do all these things, but really, what is it? So I think it's really interesting that we kind of go through these cycles, which are reflections of natural human cycles and ways of being which is again another way that astrology helps us like reconcile with our lives and what it means to be human but it is real and it is it is such a time of moving through the cycles of self-reflection that is just natural and innate to the winter and it is scary because you do move through like I'm inside I'm gonna do all this shit and then it's like I'm trapped inside and I'm gonna like ponder the mysteries of the universe and like kind of go a little bit fucking crazy yeah and yep. you have to get through that until you get to spring and you're like, you know what? I can get outside of the house and just sort of like be a human again. Yeah. And there's a long time between then and now. Long ass time. A long but ass let's time. Let's talk about right now it's Sag. Yeah. Right now it's Sag. Right now, right now there are people born under this sign. Yes. Who are like, you know, interpreting that. Let's talk about some Sages. Mm. Let's give them their due. Let's do it. I think like your favorite Sag. Yeah. Because you're like girlfriend for life. Yeah. Lisa has such a love 
And I love her for having this love. Like, Lisa's actual girlfriend is Taylor Swift. (laughs) Actually, me and Andy were out to dinner the other night, and she was like, your sun sign is Taylor Swift. Yeah. Which, we all, I'm a Scorpio, she's a Sag. But still, like, Taylor Swift, if we were doing pop stars as sun I nailed your chart. You Tell did. them what your chart was. Well, there's some messiness to the chart right now. No. Because a certain someone in my chart is bad. Who? Oh, Lana? Camila. Get the fuck out of here. Just tell them your chart. Okay, so... We'll deal with it later. We'll deal with it later. So, she was like, your sun sign is Taylor Swift. Your moon sign is Camila Cabello. For her romance. And your rising. And my rising is Lana Del Rey. So Camila is in my shit bucket right now because she's done some really terrible things. And uh, I just liked her music, but I had no idea what her personality was like. And I condemn everything that she's done wrong. But as far as Taylor Swift is concerned, she is a big part of my personality. Um, She's, you know, we all know that for a long time people thought she was apolitical. She didn't speak up for herself. And I think a portion of that was cowardice. And I think a portion of that was record deals and feeling... I think it was record, uh, like... Manipulation. Yeah, exactly. Being owned and silenced yes, by the man. agreed, agreed. I think a portion of that was also coming from privileged background, being raised in the South and whatever. Um, but Taylor Swift as a whole, outside of that, has shown herself to be someone who stands for LGBT rights, is someone who's outspoken about payment in the industry and parody and... Um, you know, speaking out when something is unfair. She's speaking out against the people who try to own her songs and manipulate her and and try to, like, make her silenced, which are her, like, crazy uh, record deal song publishers who have tried to fuck her over a billion times. And I think that's really important that she's shown that evolution. But what I love the most about her is that, as a Sag, I think she's fiery. She is always on to the next phase of her self and her musical career um and she's strong and outspoken at least now she is or she feels empowered to be that way now um and she really doesn't give a single shit probably because she's become so powerful about what other people think of her and I think we've seen her through the weak phases of her career and where she is now and I'm talking about where she is now which is someone who has done the work to be in the power position and is giving love and support and help for other artists, which is so important. And I really, really admire that about her because she won an award the other day and she spent half of it talking about other artists, including Lana Del Rey, my rising sign. Um, (laughs) So Taylor, like I really stand the latter part of her career and the good that she's brought in her empowerment phase of her career. Um, that's my long and very rambly and complicated rant about Taylor. Just because I think there needs to be those, like, caveats. Yep. Um, because not everyone is perfect, and I realize that. Um, and I won't go into the others, but I do love Lana Del Rey. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) More than anything. Who's a cancer? (laughs) Yeah, well, cancers are awesome. We're given... I feel like I'm always, like, just defending because, like, it's one of those signs that people just, like, bristle at. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. Fuck it's that. So, it's, like, so immature. Cancer is the cancer. best and the most beautiful and deep and spectacularly complex. Like, sorry you don't like sensitivity and understanding and, like, getting into the depths of someone. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. But I'm a Sag rising. Yes. It's a real part of my personality. Uh, it has been my entire life. And I think it's exemplified by one particular Sag. Say who it is. 
I have one particular Sag who has been here, like, she's been, like, literally, like, my guardian angel, my, like, patron saint my entire life. I have no right to it because I'm a white girl growing up in Pennsylvania, but, like, my ultimate Sag is Tina Turner. Mm. Tina Turner. Tina. Tina Turner. I I don't even know how to start. Okay. I can tell you in a moment about my first day of preschool, but I can start before that with the fact that I was like born in Appalachia, Pennsylvania. You know, I had a ton of brothers and I was the only daughter. And I was like this Italian American girl growing up. And uh, like all my older brother and his friends would like fight against me. And I had to like stand my ground and learn to get tough really young. I don't know how to like entirely explain this as I'm getting like very vulnerable right now, but I would like climb up into the tree and I would think about I would think about the movie um, Tommy by The Who and Tina Turner being um, Gypsy the Acid Queen and like this strong woman and I would like force my thighs into this like really muscular place <laughs> and I would like clench my thighs and be like I'm I'm as strong as Tina Turner is I'm as strong as Tina Turner is nobody can defeat me she was like my actual savior I love it. And then by the time I went to preschool on my first day, my first day of any, like, you know, formalized school, they went around, the, like, the tables, and they asked all the boys, they asked all the girls, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It was a very simple question. What do you want to be when you grow up? And they started with the boys, obviously, and me, four years old. Notice, like, one boy said... I want to be a professional baseball player. And so like the 10 boys after him were like, I want to be a professional baseball player too. I also want to be a professional baseball player. And there was some cynical little like tiny, tiny little human part of me that was like, get the fuck out of here. You all agree? And so they got to the girls and they were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the first girl was like, I want to be a teacher like my mommy is. I also want to be a teacher. I also want to teach English. I want to teach science. And they got to me, and there was, like, there's something built in me that I think is my Sag rising. Very much so. I was really mad. I was so mad. I was so angry about everybody just, like, just trying to choosing, a, like, a fitting-in conversation yeah. point. <sighs> and I stood up on the table. I was, like, the tiniest kid. I stood up, and I put my hands on my hips, and I screamed. I screamed it. <sighs> I said... I'm going to be Tina Turner when I grow up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Not I want to be or I would like to be. I I'm going to be. I'm going to be Tina Turner when I grow up. Uh, and I got put in the corner on my first day of preschool. That's the most worthy and beautiful <laughs> thing to be put in the corner for. But I have to say, follow up, follow up. My mother, my, my hippie mom came to like pick me up from school like an hour later and I was standing in the corner and my mom showed up on my first day of school and was like oh shit like Andy is in the corner oh. and she like came to the teacher and was like okay Andy's in the corner what happened and I was watching them talking and I watched the teacher laugh as she was <laughs> explaining to my mom what had happened and I watched, my mom, anyway? I watched my mom like laugh back and I was like okay what I did was not bad what I did was inappropriately funny <laughs> wait but they put you in the corner anyway yeah oh no i was in the corner for like hours hours just for tina turner because i stood up on the table oh okay. i stood up on the table 
And I put my hands in my hips and I like declared it. I'm not maternal, but I want a child like <laughs> And my mom was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And she was like, of course, of That's course my incredible. kid did that. And the teacher, the teacher was laughing and she was like, listen, yeah, she's not like, she's not Being a bad, bad kid. She's not like a terrible, but like, you can't do that. Just talk to her about how you like, <laughs> gotta like bring it back a little bit, basically. And that is Sag rising, and that is Sagittarius through and through. I would also argue it's very much the core of your personality these days. <laughs> I don't think that you are not a Tina Turner type these days. <laughs> it's a great thing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so we're coming up on almost an hour here, guys. We're going to yeah, end yeah. this episode. We know that we haven't gone on too long like other episodes, um, we've talked a lot, but this one we just kind of wanted to just get into Sag season, talk about a few things, air out our complexities around this episode. It's also a rum-based episode. It's yeah. not a wine-based episode. No, it's very different. It's a like, very please different. Tweet us, please tweet us about this. It's yeah. a rum drunk. We're curious. It's a rum drunk. It's very different than wine drunk. Very much so. Talk to us about it. Yeah. If you're like, this wasn't great, guys. You should go back to the yeah. to the red terrible, wine. Terrible. Um, or if you're like, this was actually more exciting. Talk to us. Yeah. We want to know. So I want to know. I'm going to say we do this game, as you guys probably know by now. And if you don't, we do this rapid fire round of celebrity guessing game, which is, which sign is this celebrity? It's all born out of the fact that Andy and I have done like a bunch of road trips and during those road trips we get a little bit bored and she always nails guessing the right sign or at least the element for certain celebrities. So we love to make Andy guess. Um, so I've come up with a few people that I really love, um, usually just handpicked out of nowhere because I just like them or I watch a TV show with them on it and I want to know what Andy thinks. Um, okay. 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 All right. So what are you giving to me? What are you, I'm so rum drunk. What are you giving to me? Okay, rum drunk. Um, <laughs> I was watching Chris Rock recently. Oh, I would I love, love to know I what love you think. No, Chris I think Rock he's hundred percent a Sag. Do you? I think he's a hundred percent. Why a Sag. do you think that? Um, oh, because like he knows when he's being transgressive. Mm. He owns up to being transgressive. Mm, I love but it. But he always like. He doesn't dial it back for anybody. He doesn't dial it back because Sages don't do that. But he also, oh, how do I explain it? He will like give an offensive joke in such a charming, mm. open way that you know he's not giving offense. He's just like, deal with this truth. It's like yeah. an arrow of truth from the centaur of the Sag. He has to be Sag. The arrow of truth. Well, according to my <gasps> research. Well, well, it he's... tells me he's not. He's an Aquarius. What but the fuck? But okay. he's got Sag in his chart. Okay, Aquarius and Sag are deeply connected. I think that... Why do you think they're connected? Philosophy. Mm, it's that same... That shared knowledge it's hunger. A, it's an otherworldliness. It's an extrovertedness. Like, yeah. I think, you know, Oprah's a Sag with a... No, I'm sorry. Oprah is an Aquarius with a Sag rising. Mm. I think Sag and Aquarius are deeply intertwined. I agree. Yeah. Deeply intertwined with thinking about like what's bigger and more important. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually really happy that he's an Aquarius and not a Sag. Yeah, but he seems like a Sag. No, I love him, and I, I do agree with the connection there. It feels, you know, what do you guys think? If there's any Sages and Aquarius Aquarians listening, like please let us know what you think. Do you think there's a connection between you guys? Have you had relationships? Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So 
All right. This is one that I would love for you to guess. Uh, Prince William. Diana's son? Yeah. Okay. Well, I know he's a cancer like her. However. Oh, you know he's a cancer. I know he's a cancer like her. Sorry. Oh. I didn't know that you knew that. But, but. There's a bunch of cancers and Scorpios in that family. Which is very interesting. It's a very water-based family. Which is weird. I know he's a cancer like her, but, but. Sag is in his chart. Sag is in his chart. Is he, like, is he a Sag rising like me? Is he a cancer with a Sag rising? What makes you think that? Oh, because, like, so tied to to tradition. Oh, my Mm. God. I'm so drunk. We're drunk. He's so tied (laughs) to tradition. But, like, um, there's something in him. That is like rebelling constantly against that. I think maybe he's a cancer with a Sag rising like me. Is that like a real thing? Is that possible? Indeed, is it is possible? true. <gasps> it, it what? Is. what? Yes. What? No. Yes. No, he's not. He's yes, not. Yes, he is. He's a Sag rising. Jesus. Ah, Sag rising are the best. We're going to have to quit this segment one day because we just all know Andy's too good. <laughs> We're like, all right, we get it, Andy. You know everything. <laughs> I know he's a cancer. I didn't know he was a Sag rising, yeah. but. Yeah. Uh, William, get at me. Let's talk about these feelings. They're very complex. Now okay. I'm going to bring something up, which I think is something that we've kind of talked about before, but we should go into a little bit. Mm. The 27th Club and Sagittarius. Mm, mm, like, so... Mm, mm, mm. Okay. If you okay. guys aren't familiar, the 27th Club is this weird phenomenon mm. of, like, really influential, mostly rock stars, musicians, creators, artists, who have died at the age of 27, and died too early obviously um and it just so happens that there's a decent amount of sag in that why do you think that is okay so okay uh we talked about this earlier because i was talking about all these famous sagittarians and i was like holy shit they're all part of the 27 club um so fucked and okay i hate even calling it a fucking 27 club that is so gross it's reductive to death it's yeah yeah literally yeah um but I was like, what I was doing was I was trying to play like a Sag mix on, on you know, Spotify of like Tina Turner, Sag, Jim Morrison, Sag, Jimi Hendrix, Sag, Janis Joplin, Sag. And I was like, oh my fucking God. Oh my God. Like the summer of love in 1969 was the age of Aquarius ruled by Sagittarians who all died at 27. And 27 is not like a lucky, like happenstance number. It's... Saturn return. Yeah. I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating. People who literally made the hippie era and the summer of love as important as it was all died during their Saturn returns. I think Sagittarians have a real hard time real fucking problem with their their Saturn returns in a way that other signs don't. No, yeah. And if you guys aren't quite sure what a Saturn return is, it's a time during your life at which you're really handed all the shit that you could possibly go through in order for there to be a personal transformation. So if you've noticed around the end of your 20s that, like, you got fired from a job, you got out of a crazy relationship, you were divorced, like, you moved to a different city, everything was, like, pulled out from under you, and you had to start anew, you really had to just rebuild your identity and yourself yes, and your, yes. every, your foundation, that's your Saturn return, and it happens to all of us. Um, but it is, as you say, super interesting that they actually lost their lives during it. I think it's really hard for a Sagittarius to have a Saturn return. I do. I do. I think they're so lucky and so optimistic 
And like so few of them like really understand loss in a in a true way because it's always so philosophical and like like external. It's um it's, it's so philo- like it's, it's a so it's an outside. idea rather than yes. reality. Yes. Yeah. And Saturn return hits them and they like quit college. They quit the like like the track that they were supposed to be right. upon to become who they truly are and then they like they're like faced with the reality of that and i think what it what i think what it really is i think what it really is and what it really boils down to is that sagittarians have the this arrow of truth that they are so willing to chase to plunge upon others yeah. and they cannot take it when it comes back upon themselves yeah and the reality is that a lot of these people in the 27 club as they say are dealing with real life traumas so anything from addiction to the lack of resources to their people and their managers around them who probably aren't giving them the care of the time that they need to get better to find wholeness in their lives coupled with this as we say Sagittarian nature um and also with the time and also with maybe being a woman at the time and maybe being a black man at the time like there's all these different variables so it can't just be reduced to Sagittarian but I think it's super interesting that you have that like compounding all the everyday traumas that are happening to you. But I will say it, I will say it and I will stand by it. I will stand by it and this might be controversial on our on, on our podcast. I don't think anyone I don't think anyone is even capable of shining brighter than a Sagittarius at their peak. No one. Yeah. No one shines brighter. And that's kind of why it's so sad mm-hmm. that that we have these intense experiences with Sag that we've seen these beautiful people who are influential in our music and our history die and who are Sag um because even though they are complex like they do make a mark on us we're going into cap we're going to cap season Capricorns are the like the true stars Capricorns can hold on to their celebrity Capricorns can like own their reputation and own their celebrity and own their wealth and own their success. Capricorns just kind of can't. Yeah. Yeah. And but I don't think a cap shines as bright as a Sag. I just Definitely don't. Not. I just don't. I just don't. I don't think I don't think there's a star in the sky that can shine as bright as a Sag at their peak. And that's why I love them so much and exactly. I'm so addicted. And I think that's why we do this uh, this podcast because we can get to the heart and the truth and the discomfort of our feelings and our experiences and yet we're still able to see the beauty. And I think that's really meaningful that we both have trouble with this sign and yeah. yet we see how glorious I'm sorry be. we give you such a water sign version of Sag season but it's who we are. That's Astro Lush's. <laughs> I smashed a glass of rum. <laughs> we smashed a glass of rum. For you Sagittarians. Oh my god, you would think it would have been for one of the others, but it was for this one. That's going to be funny one day when we look back on this. I hope so. I hope I we hope smash so. a glass during Virgo season next time. Oh my god, you're going to smash everything. You're going to like blow down a building during oh, Virgo. They don't even deserve it. That's the Oh whole my god, thing. yes they do. You are so wrong. I'm only kidding you guys. I love Virgos. Lisa has a problem. We're going to deal with it when it comes up. I have a problem. Sages. Sages. <laughs> We love you. We love you so much. Babies, you just kind of like these babies underneath it all. And I'm sorry that we're not like giving you all of your Leo props, but you're like, you're actually kind of babies. You are. And you have a lot to offer and we have a lot to learn from you. And we had a great time recording this episode. Uh, We had a great time drinking this rum. We're (laughs) 
drunking and we're drunking and we're drunking. We're drunking and we're drunking. So um, please, guys, please make sure to go into this new year with like ideas of expansion and the ways that you can kind of like tap into yourself and your beauty. You don't have to make a resolution, but just, you know, feel free to like grow and be who you really want to be. But also we're on uh, like a really good podcast called Bad Astrologers. It's coming out January 3rd. Yep. It's coming out in Capricorn season. Um, Bad Astrologers has this amazing podcast and we're on it. So like go for it. Yeah. Take a listen. We love you so much. And we love we'll you talk so to you in the new year. Yeah. Okay. Good night, guys. Bye. Bye.